Hey guys, welcome to the show. Quinn here. Today, I have an interview with a guest and I want you to listen to this all the way to the end. There's some really, really important golden nuggets released at the very end of the show. So please don't fast forward. Listen to this. It's a fantastic interview. A lot of information. And like I said, some golden nuggets right at the end. So check them out. Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have a guest who is a specialist in international logistics, product sourcing, and navigating the complicated global marketplace, making him the ideal guest to talk about the implications of coronavirus on e-commerce sellers uh, that's happening right now. We have with us, Brock Yolga. How's it going, Brock? Hey, thank you so much, man, for the introduction. Thank you. No problem. So, I mean, we're, we'll start with what's going on in China right now with coronavirus and everything. <clears throat> you guys have office there. Uh, are you aware of how it is on a personal basis? How it's, is it under control? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely much better than compared to uh, January and February. Uh, things are going back to normal. Uh, today is the March 24th and uh, almost 80 to 90% of the business is back to work. Uh, production uh, production starts. Um, however, it is still not functioning uh, as well as uh, how it was before the Chinese New Year. So, you know, things are getting better definitely, but it's going to take probably more time, uh, especially with the uh, supply chain and the raw material management. Um, a lot of people couldn't go back to work uh, for the production last month. Uh, a lot of raw material suppliers couldn't come back to work. So that's why factories, they had serious problems with the you know uh, production capacity as well as um, the employees coming back to work. So Things are getting better, but right now um, they have a lot of issues with their uh, raw material suppliers and the cash flow. So it's definitely getting better, but um, I think still next couple of months is going to be hard, harder than the usual times. Yeah. So besides the, the raw materials and stuff like that, uh, are there ports that are shut down and even the ones that have materials, are they allowed to ship or no? I mean, I think you guys been reading the news. Uh, now the Chinese governments are uh, lifting the quarantine from Wuhan, where all the viruses actually started and spread it out. And Wuhan is in the heart of the country. So there are a lot of railways, there are a lot of roads um, are going through Wuhan. So impact was uh, definitely um, tougher uh, compared to uh, today. Uh, but what we see right now is not only the production started to have like an issues, uh, but at the same time, the freight forwarding, like, you know, the where we are uh, master actually uh, having the problems with the airports shut down, like major airports in China, uh, such as Shanghai, Beijing, Tianjin, Guangzhou. These are the some of the largest airports in the world. They don't have anymore any flights. Like commercial uh, flights are very low. Uh, passenger flights all canceled. Uh, so most of the shipments have moved to Hong Kong which is in the southern part of mainland China. It, it's a, a private, uh, it's, it's a, a special administration, uh, as you know. Uh, however, if you have a shipment uh, which is in Shanghai or in Ningbo, in the north of China, it takes three to five days to reach Hong Kong. So 
a lot of people they're having problems right now uh, with their logistics and the shippings uh, because major uh, airports are closed right now in the in, in China and it's difficult it's difficult it's def definitely difficult to find truck to ship the uh, cargoes to down to Hong Kong and there's a lot of uh, backload uh, this is what is we are, what that's what we are facing for the air freight but at the same time for the ocean freight uh, uh, you know the, the the vessels they don't find enough containers so most of them they, they get canceled either way or they delay and there used to be let's say four to six shipments uh, leaving vessels leaving in a week now it went down to one or two because they, they cannot fulfill the capacity because you know factories didn't work last two to three months so now air prices air prices went up almost like 60 to 80 percent compared to uh, China before the Chinese New Year and sea prices are almost the same but we are having problem with the capacity uh, and more importantly, this, they are rescheduling uh, all the departure times, so it's affecting the arrival times. So now uh, there are two impacts. One is the production, uh, manufacturing side, and another is the shipping and uh, logistics side. How about after after everything is almost back to normal? Uh, there's going to be a lot of bottlenecks in production, and then after the production finally gets to catch up all logistic mm -hmm. providers are going to have that bottleneck too uh, are, are you ready for that uh, what's going to happen what do you think yeah absolutely uh, but actually you know um, most of the people uh, when they come back to i mean chinese suppliers when they come back to work the first week of march uh, they were kind of happy because you know they kind of finished this quarantine uh, they start working, they start getting the orders. But now what happened with the rest of the world, actually, you know, China is the seller side, but we're are on the buyer side of the world, like Europe and US. So when it comes to start production, everything kind of looked okay, eight to nine percent, things are back to normal, uh, in if, even if we have some small problems. But now the buyer side are having problems. Like most of the European uh, countries, the governments, they shut down the businesses. So those people who is going to place an order, make the deposit payment or make the balance payment to the Chinese factories, now they shut down. It's the same thing with the United States uh, and Canada, like North America. We are having some issues right now where the businesses cannot place orders. Even if they do, they cannot make the payments um, because you know a lot of businesses like really slow down, the demand is down. Uh, except like the special products, like essentials, like people are, they, they need a daily basis. So now it looks like, you know, it's getting a little bit more critical for Chinese supplier side because those people, they have like Chinese factories there, they start to have some serious cash flow issues, cash flow problems. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's going to take another uh, two to three months at least for the things coming back to normal. So we're going to see the real effect actually, uh, I think from the June and July, especially for the manufacturing side, for the Chinese side. Yeah, that's what I thought. So whatever we're feeling right now are not the true effects yet. It's, it's still to come when it comes June or July or so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there are a lot of also um, Amazon sellers uh, are having the problems with the, you know, the Amazon uh, now shut down the, uh, creating uh, shipments uh, so a lot of people even if they have product ready to ship or their their orders are under production so they cannot create orders they cannot make the fulfillment so 
this is this is an, another issue. So there are a lot of people. Looks like they might be running out of uh, they might be running out of stock as Amazon sellers. That's one thing that you really don't want to happen to you. But you know that's that's the fact right now, and we don't know how long that's gonna go longer. Uh, and another issue is uh, even if you have stock in FBA, most of my friends or customers they're having this problem now that Amazon is not giving priority to fulfill some of the product, let's say garden or patio or uh, electronics. You know, some of them, even if it's if FBA, you can see the shipping times are 15 to 20 days, 25 days. So that's another issue that, you know, a lot of people are facing right now. Yeah, I have some of those issues too. Uh, fortunately, the majority or, or the, the bigger the bigger brands are in categories where I'm still allowed to create the shipping. Mm -hmm. Although, even though I can create the shipping labels, uh, the, some of the manufacturers also did run out of uh, materials <laughs> to, yeah. to produ for produce my, my stuff. So, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it's uh, like a snowball effect, right? One problem causes another one and the other one causes Absolutely. another one. And yeah, so there's products running out of stock. And then when it comes to the essentials, is there anything similar done in... In China, for example, if the hand sanitizers or face masks are those, uh, do those have any special, uh, I don't know, uh, shipping privileges when it comes to being essentials? There are actually some restrictions now um, in different countries. Um, I'm, for example, I'm originally from Turkey, Istanbul. Now Turkey is not allowing exporting these products in order to supply enough quantity to the domestic market. Uh, it's the same thing with China. Uh, China, uh, I have a lot of Chinese friends, factories of friends that I know, like people that we do business with long time. Uh, two months ago, all these Chinese people, because you know this virus kind of hit China in a really the worst time of the year. It was during the Chinese New Year. Yeah. So all the factories were closed. So none of the factories could go back to work and start producing this especially the masks, you know, uh, hand sanitizers comes like second or third important in China. The mask was the most important thing. And it's, it's not only China. We can think about like China, Hong Kong, uh, South Korea, Japan. So we're, we're considering almost uh, 1.5 to 1.7 billion people. They use every day at least two to three masks. So look, when you look at this such a big demand, the, the governments wanted only this uh, massive production for their local uh, local market. And two months ago, a lot of people from China, they were trying to source and buy products from the rest of the world, the mask. Now things are going back to opposite. Uh, most of the countries now, like Europe, United States, they don't have enough product because most of the people who had stock sold that to China and Hong Kong. And they didn't think that the effect is going to, or the wire is going to hit them even harder, like stronger. So now those people are trying to buy products from China. But uh, they're like much less. I mean, now Chinese producing product for the domestic market as well as for the export. But Chinese government is definitely limiting the exportation. Uh, one of the easiest way actually to make the shipments through Hong Kong International Airport. Hong Kong International Airport is the largest uh, cargo airport in the world uh, as as a as a volume wise. So now China. Uh, is not allowing any mask shipments from mainland China to the Hong Kong. So 
there are a couple of uh, international airports in China working with a very small capacity like Shanghai, uh, maybe five to 10 percent of the capacity of the, the, the overall. So now the only way is making these shipments mask hand sanitizer to like Shanghai or Guangzhou uh, through Korea or uh, some other uh, some other countries like Dubai or Qatar or Turkey. But capacity is not enough. The production capacity is not enough for hand sanitizer mask. The export exporting is very very difficult, and the air prices increased like rapidly. It it almost doubled. So now the the problem now people are facing in Europe and U.S. with the supply of those items. Uh, they don't have enough production. China was the largest uh, producer of these products, but now the Chinese government is giving the priority for uh, domestic market supply. So. Unfortunately, it looks like there will be shortage for these products. So I hope people can, you know, consider this and try to be more careful when they buy those products or like use those products. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, so you think, or uh, I mean, we, we know there's going to be an impact when it comes to this to worldwide shipping. How about the rates in the future? Uh, are they going to be impacted for the long term? Or is it just during that bottleneck? Uh, most of the airlines right now, uh, they they did this announcements um, that uh, most of their uh, aircrafts will stay on the ground uh, for next two to four months because you know there won't be there are a lot of travel um, there are a lot of travel restrictions globally, and you know the airlines is the one affected the most. So we think that the air prices will keep increasing, unfortunately, which is crazy because, you know, we used to make the shipments between 4 to $5 or $60 uh, or $6, between 4 and $6 per, for, per kilogram, so for two pounds. Uh, but now the price is between $90, $11. And the, the problem is the price is not stable. So even if you have a shipment uh, today, uh, there may there may not be enough space for tomorrow, and the price might change because you know. And another problem was uh, most of the carriers they used to give um, credit payment terms like better rates for the other uh, freight forwarder companies, uh, logistics com logistic companies. But now most of these airlines go back to the cash payments. So which means if you want to ship out something, you need to pay cash. So. Uh, a lot of a lot of issues that we are facing uh, with the with the shipments right now is the there is not enough space and the price is not stable. So instead of uh, and also the shipping time is normal that like longer than the usual time. So normally the air freight uh, what we call is DDP service that you know we as Forcegate Logistics we are doing a lot of door to door services. Uh, air freight as well as sea shipments. So our clients didn't have to do anything like a custom clearance or pay tax. We do everything on behalf of them and deliver, pick up the shipment from Chinese factory and deliver it to um, the Amazon warehouse or their like you know their warehouse. Uh, but the the transit time is it used to be like eight to ten days for air. Now it's like seventeen to fifteen to seventeen days around. Wow. So it's really like much longer than you know. Now it's all it almost makes no sense to uh, do air shipments anymore because of the price and the transit time. So instead of that, we're using a we call it fast CDDP shipment, uh, which is you know we pick up the shipment, uh, send it to the seaport, ship it to Los Angeles, which is around like 
911 days transit on the on the ocean when it comes to los angeles we pick them up and we dispatch it to the the entire entire country like canada or united states so this is almost 18 to 22 days transit time so which is much cheaper than uh air freight but the transit time is almost the same so a lot of people now are switching from air freight to the sea shipment even if you have small shipments like 300 pounds or like 500 pounds 1000 pounds you can still use this service so you you said for 9 to 11 days for sea sea shipment ddp yeah it's port to port so the time when we pick up the shipment uh, from the manufacturer in China, let's say your your suppliers in, in Ningbo or in Guangzhou, we pick up the shipment. Same day we're uh, sending that to the uh, the warehouse in the seaport. Uh, we do the custom clearance, and probably within two to four days we are shipping out. And then when it comes to the Los Angeles port, we already clear the custom on the way to the port. Uh, we pick up the shipments after two to three days when the uh, container is available in the seaport. And then we are either working with UPS or FedEx in local transportation and ship it to Amazon and make the appointment on behalf of the customer and deliver it. So from the time we pick up the shipment from Chinese factory until the Amazon is 18 to 20 days, 18 to uh, 22 days. Let's say if you're, if, you're, if you're shipping your product to ONT8, which is in California, or SMF3, which is in San Francisco, it's in California. It's it's uh, shorter than shipping to North Carolina. Uh, it's I would say if it is California, 16 to 18 days. If it is let's say West, the East Coast, then it's 20 to 22 days. This is for the sea shipment. But air at the moment is almost 15 days. So for most of the people who are shipping their shipments to the West Coast, it it really start making more sense to use the CDDP shipments. Yeah. By the way, DDP, by the way, some people may not be familiar with DDP. Uh, DDP means duty delivery paid. Most of the people may heard EXW and FOB trade terms. You know, when you buy a product from China, it's either EXW or FOB term. So when we say DDP, which means we handle the shipment all the way from Chinese manufacturer until the Amazon. So it's everything included when we offer the price. Everything is included, no additional cost, nothing, no surprise. Um, so this is a very safe way to do shipments. And the, the, the delivery time is pretty much uh, fixed. Yeah, and Burak, so for me, for example, it would make sense. VDP, uh, I think most people are because they're still afraid of the sea shipment. It sounds more complicated for somebody starting mm -hmm. out. But DDP is the one where I can hire uh, a company, uh, for example, like yours, and I don't have to worry about anything else. I know that it's mm -hmm. going to leave the factory and arrive at Amazon where I want it. Right. And, then, uh, and then all duties, everything is paid, shipping is included. Right. Is there right. anything I have to worry about that is my responsibility during that time? Uh, actually, no, but there's one thing I should warn uh, people about this system. Uh, it is very, very important that you are work you, you work with the freight forwarder, which has an office both in China side and US side. One of the reasons I'm telling you this because uh, sometimes if you work with a Chinese freight forwarder that only if they have office in China, 
then they may not have the control in the United in, in US side. Uh, if we talk about US or Canada or UK, it doesn't matter. Um, and if they have if they face problems, then it's difficult to it's it's really difficult them to handle and fix the problems. This is one thing that you should be careful. And most of the time, uh, because they're offering a price, but not include the um, the local charges in USA Seaport or local charges in China. There, there are a lot of hidden costs. So you you need to make sure. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot. Of, I have a lot of good uh, friends. Uh, they're in the freight forwarding business. You know, they're honest people. They're good people. But sometimes there's lack of communication uh, with Chinese freight forwarders. When you ask them the price, they tell you, okay, this is the price. It looks very cheap, but then there are some hidden costs. It can be tax, can be US local ports, or they forget to call you the truck. So if you're working with Chinese freight forwarders, uh, you need to make sure, you need to ask them at least two times or three times, hey, yeah. is everything included in the price? The freight is included, yes or no, yes. The local charges in the United States in the seaport, is it included? Yes or no. Is local delivery included, tax included, custom brokerage included? So basically, I think as as a as a as a buyer, uh, as a customer, you should be making sure that you're getting all the cost included in the freight. Because I have some friends that, you know, uh, they agree with the freight forwarder CIF, which means uh it is delivered until the destination seaport. Uh, it, it may be a little bit complicated for the people who are not in this business, uh, but it means that you're responsible uh, rest of the shipment. So you are responsible for custom clearance. You're responsible for paying the uh, destination uh, custom fee, the tax, the local delivery. So you need mm-hmm. to be very, very sure and clear. Hey, is this price include everything all the way from the factory to the Amazon, they say yes or no. You need to be very sure about this. Otherwise, you might have some really bad spreads because a lot of people, uh, when they start selling Amazon or when, while they're selling in Amazon, uh, one of the most important things is what is your ROI? Uh, how many percent you're making the margin? What is your cost? What is your shipping cost? So you can kind of calculate what would be your cost for the PPC. So it's one of the most important thing a lot of people actually ignore of adding this cost to calculation is the freight freight cost. But it seems simple, but there are a lot of people, they have this last minute bad surprise. So what I can recommend people is you got to make sure that every, every cost is included. I don't know if I could answer your question. Oh, yes, yes. And um, when it comes to picking a freight forwarder, um, <clears throat> on, on average, what what should we first of all what should we look looking for uh when choosing one and then what are the averages costs of a freight forwarder um actually one thing you could ask maybe some references it's one of the things um because we also have as a company we also have a sourcing team some of our clients who we are helping them with the logistics they're also asking us with their sourcing like uh, inspection in the factory or helping them with the communicating with the Chinese suppliers. So we do the service as well. So it's very important you to ask um, your, you know, uh, basically freight forwarding is almost same process as uh, manufacturing. So uh, you need to make sure that, you know, they have um, offices, they have, um, they have, they're giving you fast reply. Uh, They are offering you good references. 
uh, it could be it could be a good way to pick some. Uh, and I, I think it, it's one of the best thing to do is um, working with some companies. They have uh, representatives in the United States or in in your country as well as in China. So that I think that's important. And uh, another thing is really important uh, in this business is not only the price. I know that a lot of people are price sensitive, uh, but some of the freight forwarders in China, um, I exclude the you know the good ones. But uh, they're they're playing with the HS codes, uh, which means you know the HS code means every product has a custom uh, code where you can see and track uh, how much is the the tax you need to pay, like how many percent. So one of our friend, uh, our old client, they told us, hey guys, you know you're you're offering really high price, so I have to switch it to this supplier, this this freight company. I said, okay, but you know, I don't understand the calculation how they can offer you such a low price. But turns out, instead of um, instead of declaring the product what it is, they declare something else with zero tax. Which number one is illegal. I highly recommend people to check with their freight forwarder how they're declaring the product value or cost or what is the HS code they're declaring in in, in the custom. So. Because eventually you're the one who's going to have like a problem uh, getting the fine or penalties from the uh, custom or more importantly, your product can be taken away by custom or the custom may destroy your product or they may not, they may deny it, you know. So it's very important to understand if they're offering, I'm sure a lot of people, they're getting price from two to three different freight forwarders. And if one of them is giving you, let's say, $1 per kilogram, and there is even $1.5 per kilogram, and there is even $2 per kilogram, there must be a reason. So you need to be cautious about that. You need to, I'm not saying you need to worry about every price you're getting, but I recommend highly people to get at least two to three different prices to compare and understand what is the reason one company is offering $1 per kilogram, let's say for the sea shipment, and others offering $2. Because the price gap cannot be this high in the sea shipments, for example, or the air shipments. So it's definitely what I can recommend is that don't go with the cheapest always. Cheapest doesn't mean safest. Uh, some of the freight companies in China, they don't do insurance to the uh, products. So if the product get lost or if the product has some damage during the transportation, uh, you may have problem to claim back this uh, money uh, from your freight forwarder. So it's very important to be very clear. Uh, the same thing that when you place an order, you know, most of the people, they use Alibaba.com and see whether they're like a gold supplier or not gold supplier. They, they, they hire an inspection company and send it to the factories to see if they're real or not. You know, they do processing. It's the same procedure, actually. Uh, it's, the same, it's the same process. So you need to be very careful with the company that you're working with. Eventually, imagine you, you spend like thousands of dollars to pro manufacture a product, like produce the product. And when I ship it to Amazon, you wait like one month, two months during this production, you do a lot of labels or whatever. And then at the end, your product can be taken away by the customer. I mean, I don't want to like sound, uh, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to scare people or whatever, but I'm just telling people that when they use the freight forwarder, they need to ask the right question uh, and see, question what kind of price they're receiving and why is the price this way. Burak, that is like an amazing advice about the harmonized codes because uh, I know it happens, and unfortunately, I, uh, I I lost one shipment years ago, and uh, that could have been one of the causes. Uh, so, how do people 
make sure that these these kind of things don't happen. Uh, it's just asking the questions and making sure that they're dealing with um, with a pro. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely you should ask. You know, when you receive the price, you can ask the breakdown. Now, uh, what is the cost of the uh, you know freight? What is the cost of the tax? What is the cost of the local transportation? Uh, it could be a good idea and. You know, you can ask uh, which vessel uh, the freight, comper, freight forwarder is going to use. Uh, what is the local career? Uh, so basically, uh, with our company now, Forskate Logistics, we are working our on we are working on our um, online platform where people can track their shipments from the first day from the pickup till the uh, Amazon uh, delivery. Mm -hmm. So if you can find the freight forwarder who has this kind of solutions, it's definitely better for you. So this way you don't have to ask all the time, uh, what is the delivery time? What is the pickup time uh, when it's going to be delivered deliver, deliver to Amazon? Uh, so you can manage your inventory better. You can track your invoices. Because I know that some people, uh, they, they spend a lot of time uh, with their freight forwarders. And the time difference is one of the biggest uh, handicap, one of the biggest problem, uh, challenges that people are facing. Let's say you're in Canada or you're in UK, people are in China, they start working and, you know, you don't know uh, where is the shipment you need to ask during the day. So I think it's important to have, uh, you know, multiple advantages in this, in this business uh, instead of just, you know, hiring the cheapest option and saying, okay, just ship my product and I don't know what's going to happen to my shipment. Where is it? Uh, what kind of tax are you paying? What kind of declaration you're opening to the customer? So it's really important. Uh, there are a couple of basic questions, as I mentioned. Uh, you can ask your freight forwarder. Um, and see whether they have uh, the right answers for you or they even reply you on time. Some of the people, they complain, you know, some of my, uh, some freight forwarders until they pick up the car, they're super responsive, they're like super uh, helpful. But then at the end, you know, when they have a problem, then it's difficult to find them, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, face or solve the problem. So it's very important, I think, to uh, find someone reliable um, on this business. So when it comes to your business and that's forced yet, uh, what exactly can can I get from you? Because I know you do product sourcing, you talked about, and that's something I want to ask you too, is when I'm dealing with the Chinese uh, suppliers directly, myself, sometimes we may think that we're, we're getting a great deal, we're doing great negotiations, but I also know that the best negotiation is done over there, right? When, when, you, when you're present. So, uh, I mean, is there such thing as me hiring a company like Forcejet uh, to do that, to do that sourcing or even the negotiations for me, mm -hmm. and on top of that, saving saving money in the long run? Right. Um, definitely, we can help you with uh, we can help you with that. Um, but at the same time, when people you know don't want to spend that money, you know, same time. Uh, I like to help people. You know, I think the information is important and impor information should be shared. So one of the things I would re highly recommend is negotiate the, the trade terms at the moment because Chinese factories, they they really need uh, business at the moment. And it's one of the important things for your business uh, is to manage your cash flow. So I definitely recommend people to uh, offering their factories to pay 10% deposit or 15% deposit instead of 30% deposit. Uh, that's something that we always do it. Uh, so, you know, it helps you uh, more flexibility with your payment terms and uh, your cash uh, flow, cash management. 
is very important. Another thing that we recommend to people is uh, if you say, let's say you're selling um, keyboards and you are making eight orders in a year. So uh, each order is 1,000 piece. Instead of making eight orders, 1,000 piece, uh, make 4,000 piece an order in one time for, let's say, for six months or for one quarter, two quarter. And you definitely get, number one, you're going to get better price because as everybody knows, like if the quantity go higher, then the price gets lower. So this is something you can do. And then ask your factory, hey, I want to pay 10% or 15%. Deposit, then I'm going to do every two months shipment. So every one and a half months, every four to five days. So the, the more you ship, you pay for the amount that you ship. The rest of the quantity will stay in the factory's inventory. So you don't have to put all the cash down. You get a better price. You don't have to pay so much storage fee in your garage or you don't have to ship it to Amazon FBA directly. So, and then if you have, you want to run, let's say campaign, you want to like, you know, kick in your ranking or you want to like do some different strategic giveaways. So you're afraid that if you will be out of stock, so then you don't have to worry about it because you already have more stock with your brand and back in China. So anytime you want, you can ship it by air or sea. So this way you can also, uh, you can also, save some cost on shipping because you don't make the shipping the last minute. So you can book everything in advance, get better price. Uh, so the time when you complete the last purchase of that order, then you can pay everything, all the balance to the factory. So they're happy because they produce, they, they secure the business. They give you better price. You get a better price. They get their money every month, every four to five days. So this way, you know, they have the cash flow and then, you also have a big advantage in your competition because uh, you know that you have ready stock. So you kind of secure yourself that you're not going to run out of stock. So it's a very, it, it's one of the strategies what we are using for my clients. I think a lot of people can do that also. And if you don't know how to do it, we, are, we can help you with, you know, um, with the negotiation with the factories. But this is one maybe a small uh, idea for your uh, audience. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking uh, that alone, that that alone made everything worth it because that kind of tip can save people so many thousands of dollars and doing something that um, that is so simple, right? It's talking to your supplier. You get the price of the 5,000 units, but you only get 1,000 shipped to you. So you only have to pay those. And do you think we're at, that uh, most suppliers are willing to do that? Just because they're not building all 5,000, right? they're not manufacturing them, but they're getting right. Most of the time, they most of the time they only collect the raw material of the 5,000. You need to make sure about that because it's actually the you know, sometimes the factory says, okay, the production time is 20 to 40 days, but actually, the production time is pretty slow, uh, pretty fast. Production means actually assembling. So if you say, let's say one of my clients, they're buying parking sensors. Parking sensors is combination of 10 different raw materials, like plastic, inner part, the cables, the sensors, the material like box material and everything. So factory has, let's say 10 suppliers. So when I place an order 5,000 pins instead of 1,000, they are securing the raw material also from their suppliers and book them in advance. They also sometimes don't have to pay everything. And when you say that, hey, you know, I'm going to give you order like in January 1st, March 1st and May 1st. So they know when they need to bring the raw material and like start, uh, start assembling together. So that's why for the factories, this is like a great way of securing business. And because right now, 
as 2020, it's really a tough year for like buyers or the sellers, for everybody. Everybody needs to secure business. Everybody needs to calculate their shipping costs. Chinese factories, they have like huge spendings, huge expenses, like the employees, the rent, everything going really high, increasing in China. So this is definitely something Chinese suppliers are willing to do because it's also good for them. Uh, they secure the business. It is very difficult to get a new client nowadays, but it's easy to lose one. So it means when you place an order of 5,000, they're going to have, they're going to love you more, to be honest, because they secure the business. So this way, you know, you will have better relationship with them. And that's one of the most important things that you want to have because today you place an order of 5,000 after six months. Hey guys, I want to place 5,000 more, but I cannot pay you 15% deposit. I want to pay you only. 5% deposit, 10% deposit. So they're going to get more flexible because once you accomplish, once you complete a mission with them, then they trust you more. Because, you know, the way you see them, hey, these guys are in China and if they screw me, I cannot find them and I cannot, you know, get my money back. But they're thinking the same way. Hey, this guy is in Canada. How am I going to go and find him? And Or if I cannot sell this private label product, so how am I going to get my money back? So, Everybody like kind of needs a little bit of trust. I've seen so many like great contracts that has been broken and nobody respected those contracts. So in some point, the, the, I think in my, in my mind, like the contract should be done in your heart and brain, not only on the, on the paper. I don't know if it makes sense, guys. Yes, yes. I mean, I love that. That's uh, great advice. I'm, I'm loving this. And, uh, but I mean, it's, um, it's time to to let you go. So, <laughs> uh, exactly, Brock. Uh, let everybody know where can they find out more about you and find you. And I know, of course, it's forcegets.com, and I'll have that on the show notes. But mm -hmm. keep everybody. Um. Yes, they can find us on Instagram. Uh, they can they can send us uh, in our website. We have all the contact information. Like uh, we are using WhatsApp and WeChat and email. We reply back everything like fast because we have team in US and team in uh, in China. And more important is right now, um, a lot of people are looking for alternative markets because China is getting expensive. Uh, some of the countries they have uh, tax, uh, you know, as as you know, United States had like in this trade war with China. So I kind of also highly recommend people start looking at, at other mar markets, alternative markets could be East Europe uh, for some products like textile, could be Turkey, uh, can be Bangladesh, can be India, um, like Vietnam and Cambodia is getting like pretty popular in the, in the destination. If you are looking for some quality suppliers instead of China, you could look for uh, Taiwan. If you're manufacturing premium product or pro premium products, you can go to Korea and Japan. Uh, so, of course, China is a great source of the products. Even most of the product manufactured in Southeast Asia and you know Korea and Japan, the raw materials go from China. They're all dependent on China. But still, I highly recommend people to start looking at alternatives. So, if you don't, if you're not eligible with that. Uh, we can help you to look for uh, alternative markets, alternative products. And it's very, very important. I think uh, what we were thinking, like, you know, we, we've seen so many uh, economic crises in the world, like, you know, with the countries like Middle East or, you know, the oil and gas price went down. Russia uh, lost its buying power a lot. They, they, their currency depreciated almost like 100%. Same thing happened to Kazakhstan or Brazil, Turkey. So the, those countries, they lost their buying power. So it affected China directly because 
They used to buy more product from China, but now the demand is lower, but Chinese factories still need to produce and sell almost the same amount of money. So the way of doing international business also, uh, let's say, uh, switched or shifted. It used to be Chinese manufacturing or most producing product selling to a trading company in China. They sell overseas. Then those companies in overseas like your company or my company buy it in local market and put it on Amazon. Now, when you go to a trade fair in China, Canton Fair, you see a factory says, hey, number one seller in Amazon. So now competition have changed ridiculous. So a lot of people, they think that, hey, how am I going to compete with this Chinese uh, factory, Chinese manufacturer? Because those guys... They have still like huge expenses, so they're trying to find and secure more businesses. So that's why a lot of a lot of my friends or a lot of our customers who are selling Amazon, they complain that uh, you know Chinese competition came in any niche almost, and you know they 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 cannot compete with them. So if you have any issue with that in your competition, I think it's also good to uh, look for alternative markets. I know it's not that easy to uh, find new reliable suppliers. But I think now these days, if the business is not going so fast, it's, I think it's a good time for doing some brainstorming. Absolutely. I know I suffered, <clears throat> pardon me, I suffered from that when it came to selling on eBay, uh, when uh, you know all the Chinese sellers started selling directly on eBay. And of course, there was no chance to, uh, to market your own stuff. So I, I left eBay because of that and uh, and I at the time I didn't think about what you just mentioned keeping your your sources open to different countries that are really good at certain things like you said uh, you know Pakistan Turkey there's countries that are amazing at making leather shoes others are textiles and so yeah a good advice everybody keep your eyes open for other countries that are really good at some stuff. Right. I mean, the market changed really rapidly. So we all need to stay on top of everything, you know. And I think uh, for uh, for the short term, what I can recommend for a lot of FBA sellers, um, I think most of the people, they really like FBA because, you know, <clears throat> of the prime buyers and, uh, you know, easy handling the shipments and everything. But right now, it looks like uh, Amazon warehouses are full, like capacity is very full, uh, shipments delay, inbound and outbound shipments. So I think it's also time for a lot of buyers to start looking for the FPM. I think you know more about that. Yes, you know, I, uh, we started looking about that uh, since last week too, because mm -hmm. Amazon, there are certain products that they will not be receiving, like you said. I mean, <clears throat> They will be receiving everything, but they won't allow people to create new shipments. So everybody should be aware of uh, what you have. If you have something stocked locally, start getting it to FBM shipping yourself. Unfortunately, unfortunately, if you're selling in Canada to Amazon Canada, shipping is insane. So it right. will not be worth it. So uh, make sure you look for those things as well. Right. By the way, we have we have we have warehouse solutions in the West Coast and the East Coast. Uh, if any of our audience they need storage in Los Angeles, like in California or West Coast, we have we have storage in New York and Miami as well as Los Angeles. So it's something that you can keep it in mind because it looks like uh, this FBA issue might continue next several weeks 
it looks like. Yes, you will. So everybody, check out Barack's company at forcejet.com. You will be also on the show notes. And Barack, thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. And this was really, really interesting. It was gold. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope everybody stays safe during this time. And, you know, everybody secure their business. And hopefully uh, we, we're going to go to a better days soon. Very good. Thank you. Thank you.